Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. Yes, you are. You are. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast coming to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal. Will we no, Blake? and we're, we're hanging on to third spot, even though there are now four. That's right, four Raiders we, podcasts. Yeah, but we are brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse. And of course, Landspeed Records, come in and buy your... LPs, your clothing, your band t-shirts, uh, your all sorts of hardware you have for playing music, uh, CDs, etc. from people who love the Camberators as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing it means you love the Camberators. So yeah, as I was saying, there's now four podcasts. Raider Nick has gone his own way. He's he got has. His own, he's, he's, got his own, he's got his own podcast. A shout out to Raider Nick. Um, shout out to uh, Ben Pollock. Actually, he gave us a plug in the official He's now hosting uh, Behind the Limelight. He gave us a plug in that one. And also shout out to the guys from the Green Machine podcast who gave us a mention as well. And yep. yes, guys, I am a regular listener. The Pork, not so much, but if you listen to the show, you know pretty much the only thing the Pork does enjoy listening to is the sound of his own voice. Particularly if he's talking about referees or something else enthralling like solar panels or so I think we can all judge from this that this episode is probably going to be a hate on the pork fest. Just in case you were missing that, people. So Strap yourselves in because it's happening. That's what's going down now, all right? So that's what's going down. But the good news is, apart from me listening to the sound of my own voice, um, is that footy is back. Footy is. Oh, and by the way, let's, let's go back to the podcast. Last week, you were talking about Behind the Limelight being the number one podcast and Green Machine Podcast being number two. Green Machine Podcast is number one. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and after that, you know, we can argue about it. But Green Machine Podcast is and has been number one. Fair enough. So, you know, you got that fact. So, you know, you might listen, but you don't know. Anyway, I listen. I absolutely listen, you know, and I also listen to the fact that they bagged the crap out of me about saying that uh, Jordan Rapiner might be fighting for his spot. Like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Oh, will we? Okay, we'll, well the footy's back. Um, so the, the team list came out on Tuesday. Havili, no Starling on the bench. Uh, that was the first surprise I saw. Um, I, I'm not against the move, but no, no, no. Either there were there were arguments for both cases. I mean, it makes more sense for Havili to be on there because he can, you know, come on and just charge up the middle. He's so yeah. damn good at it. And, oh, you know. and he is. And look, I, I think, and we'll get to the, where it's going to be won this weekend is probably in the middle, straight up the guts, uh, up the guts. Yeah. And in that case, Havili might be the man. Having said that, Starling's pace out of dummy half I know but I don't think this is necessarily a way that Starling should be sitting back thinking oh my god I've missed out and this is the end of it I think Ricky this season is probably going to be playing horses for courses in a lot of senses yeah. and he might just think uh, Havili is the better fit for this match rotation policy oh, I'd, I'd suggest it. it's it's a great option to well, be when doing. you have the depth that we have particularly in the forward pack yeah there's yeah. there's a lot of scope for rotation and going so. to that depth Ryan Sutton being on the bench, um, notably Emery Goulan not there. I mean, that's that's really reward for effort there for the the big Lancastrian. It is, it is. I mean, he had some great before he got injured at the end of the season again, uh, missed out on the finals again last year. Um, he had some great 
He really did. It's a great game. Um, and you know he's, you know exactly what you're going to get. Effort, 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 and commitment. I mean, not losing. Uh, Sebastian Chris, as you correctly predicted last week, is starting in, in the Croker's uh, centre spot. Yeah. he's. It's You know, like I said, we'd all forgotten about him, but he came back. He had some time out. He came back and um, trained the house down by, by all reports. And, yeah, he's earned his spot. And, you know, best of luck to him. I hope he does well. And there is that argument too, and you've seen it with a number of players, like when some of them have gone off and done the Mormon missions, for example, they come back and they've been away and they really are focused then on what they want out of the game. Yeah. And, and they come back, you know, rather than that, they've gone through from juniors and they, it, you know, it's all gone through in a flow, but it's when you break away from a little while. And they've had a look at the real world. And, and they come back and they great. say, this is what I actually want. This is what I actually want. And, and that might be the case with Sebastian Chris. And Let's all hope it is because, uh, you know, as much competition at the centre spot as we can get is a great thing and depth there because I note um, Harley Smith-Shields also made the extended bench we'll get to. What I am worried about with the um, the bench at this present stage is there's no backline cover. I won't be surprised if we do see a, a last-minute change. Well, it's an interesting one because, you know, traditionally teams haven't really carried an outside back on the bench and then for a variety of reasons... In recent times, Ricky has, and mm. oddly enough, every single time that he's had one, they've actually been required it's to been come a on. Really good idea. Yeah. So it's an. But like I said, we said in the last episode, there there's still some scenarios where you could do a bit of mix and matching, and I think you, you can, can and you can drop Hodgson down into the halves and put Havili yeah. up into the thing, and but that forces Whiten out to be the fixer rather than being. You know, no, he's the Dalian five eight. Yeah. Of the year and Dalian player of the year. Tell that to Laurie Daly. Tell that to Brad Fittler. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and then all of a sudden you're playing him out of position, and it's like, well, surely he's a linchpin to what we're doing this year, rather than a, you know a person who's fixing up issues. Yeah. And I don't particularly want to take George Williams out of seven either. So no, no. I mean, the only other option I can see there is Hutto Young might be a person who might have the lateral speed to yeah. go to go out into the backs, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and as we said, Jordan Rapiner was named. Um, on no the surprise to anyone. But anyway, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that later. We're going to get uh, in, the, in a special the, segment. The pack was exactly as you and I predicted. Yes. Um, yeah, all, all the way. Do you know through what I'm looking forward to, to the most this weekend? Is that we've actually got like a Sunday afternoon mm. in Canberra on Channel Nine mm. against a traditional club that yeah. attracts a lot of support. It's a very exciting start to round one. It makes a, a and nice change. And we've got change. the reserve grade beforehand where yeah. we can see all the other players play. I mean, Hopefully they don't have that huge... Like The problem in recent years with like the under-20s and um, reserve grade when they've had a, a curtain raiser, the amount of time between the finish of the reserve game mm. and the start of the first grade game, it's like, I don't know, is it 45 minutes? Is it an hour? Back in the day when they had three grades, it was basically bang, bang, bang. I think they're starting at one forty-five for a two-hour period, so which would mean a three forty-five end for a four or five. So we're talking about a twenty twenty-five. That's good. Changeover. I'm anticipating that's the case. Yeah, that's good. Um, one thing I did here was one fifteen, which would make it a three fifteen, which would be exactly the problem you're talking about—a yes. fairly fairly long layoff. But we'll see. Um, for the West Tigers, uh, they're missing Adam Dewey suspended and uh, the well-credentialed Sean Bloor, who I saw come on last year a few times and play. Sean Bloor. Blu-ray, yeah, Blu-ray. Um, but you, we have to note that the West Tigers have won only one of their last seven versus the Raiders. Having said that, their last two wins against the Raiders have both been at GAO Stadium. So that's it's a funny one because when we first came into the competition, the Tigers, we've got a long history of the Tigers, obviously in 89 grand finals. Yes, that Pinnacle. Was but um, they were one of the first teams that we, I think 
we went the longest stretch without beating them in just about any yeah. other club when we first came in. And Benji, we were games, Marshall didn't... Well, but prior, I'm talking about in the 80s, and then we managed to beat them. And then that Benji Marshall period, we really struggled them for a long time. And then from sort of the 2016 onwards, we've pretty much tailed them up. But last year, uh, the game we played them at... Was that at Campbelltown? Or was it at, I think it was at the Parramatta Stadium, was it? Was that year before? Stadium. Anyway, um... They really put up a big fight, mm. and we only just got over them in the end. And I'm expecting similar this weekend. Oh yeah, look, and and I think that's the case. I, I think um, anybody, and and I know Ricky will be hammering this. Anybody who's going into this match thinks it's a lay down uh, will be painfully, painfully surprised by it. And any player who's going in there thinking that, I think, will find very, very quickly that uh, they'll find themselves not being in the starting 17. Yeah, it was uh, round five at Campbellstown Sports Stadium. It was a 14-6 to six win. Yeah, um, and it was, it was a real... It was one of those games where we kind of went, oh, that was pretty underwhelming, but in hindsight, I think it was a pretty good win. But yeah, a dour affair, um, and that could well be the way, but the forecast this weekend, the weather-wise, I believe we're, we're looking at a bit of rain on the Sunday as well. Um, so we should really be thinking very heavily about our brolly. Yeah, there's a 90% chance of rain on Sunday, up to 20 millimetres falling, um, very high chance of showers, most likely in the afternoon, winds up to 20 kilometres. Did, did you miss your calling as a weatherman? Was it something that you'd... I'm a professional broadcaster, Blake. I don't, I don't, you know, like we have to multitask in this world. But the instant the rain comes down, you know, what does that mean? It closes the match up. But fortunately, I think where this match is won for the Raiders is up the front through the middle. Exactly, which which the range isn't that much of a factor anyway. But it does bring in dropping the ball. Um, then after that, if the, if the forwards are actually able to lay a good piece of groundwork, the half should be able to do the rest from there. Do you think Ricky should maybe train with some soapy balls during the week? Oh, I'm certain of it. That, Send him a text now. He should have them absolutely oiled up, running around <laughs> under sprinklers, um, try, trying to catch balloons. Send him send him a text now, say, time to pull out the... Um, yeah, balloons full of water. The greasy balls. Oil the balls. Uh, oil the boys up. <laughs> get them naked and then running around Radden. It'll be a laugh and it'll get them ready for that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they should. I think they and the hyperbaric chamber. Let's not forget that. <laughs> we should have that out as well. But um, looking at um, you know the packs and this this is why I think it's up the front. Are we going through the teams now? Or? Well, yeah. And so we've got the pack that we predicted last week, which is Louis Hodgson, Papali, uh, Whitehead, Young, and Tarpanay, and then backed up on the bench by Havili, Sutton, Soliola, and James. Ryan James make his debut. As there predicted. is not a member of that bench that couldn't start. You couldn't start happily in, no. in, in a side. There's not one member of that well, bench for the Raiders. They're pretty much all going to start in the West Tigers side. Yeah, and so that's right. So the West Tigers have Joe Offengawe has come down from Brisbane. He's they, pretty average, I reckon. I think he's okay. I, I think, think he's, he's pretty okay. average. Player. Then they've got Jacob. Lewis. One of the most average players to play State of Origin. Oh, that's very harsh. Then we've got Little at, at Hooker. Average. Yeah, James Tamo's come over wearing the the, the captain's armband. Um, big unit, 32 years old. Played 293 games, though. Um, played in the grand final last year for Penrith. Then they've got uh, Garner, um, Luke Garner, um, who's played 37 games in the second row, with Luciano Lalua, who, like his brother, likes he's, a bit of a brain snap. But no, but I think he's actually unlike his brother. I really like Luciano as well. I like him too. I think, I think and, and I like I like Joey. Well, so do I in his own way, but I think Luciano is probably a bit more of a mellow cat. Yeah, but I think he's also exciting and can actually make things happen and has his eye on. And then locking the scrum is Alex Twelve. Now, 12, that's not a bad pack, 
but it is not in the in, in the league of there I don't believe there is a single player in that pack that would be able to force their way into the Raiders seventeen. Maybe James Tarmo. Yeah. But apart from that, I, I think the others I think over time could. I think there's a work ethic there, and I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility, but there's no way they'd force themselves into the starting pack. So they'd be fighting for a bench spot, and they'd be fighting for a bench spot with Ryan James, with Sutton, with Emre Gould, with Corey. But this Horsburgh. is this is this is the thing that's changed so much. And you look at the that, you know, the comp is so split now between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like when we play the Roosters five six years ago, and you yeah. look at the Roosters team, and you look at our team, and you go, how many players from this Raiders team, if they were in the Roosters squad, would actually make their team and it wasn't very many Don, and it's a bit like that now with the Don Tigers Don Ferner Jr. came past me in 2013 with a big you know he was looking angry coming before the match and I said what's up and he said Let's look at the he was pointing to the Canterbury starting side you know like you know look at that you know how do you compete with that and that was that was his position you know look at the wealth of riches they yeah. have right down to 17 and it must be very difficult when you put your heart and soul into a club and, you know, you're wheeling out there thinking, really, the chance we've got here is really good fortune going our way and bad fortune going theirs. And that would be hurting. And I think that's the angle that West Tigers have to be looking at at this match. Look, they've got some good players. Luke Brooks in the back line, I think, is an underrated half, but his defence is still suspect. Moses Mbai is out of position at six. Um, but that's yeah, what they I don't think he's do. one of those players. I don't think they ever really found his... He's ever found his best position. No, he hasn't. But he does have a lot of talent. On big bucks there. Yeah, on big bucks Joey there. Lalua, we all know what he can do when he's on. And, yeah, well, and he's, if, given up, he's given up burgers. Yeah, he has the pork bastard. I haven't. You'll be glad to know, <laughs> listeners. Um, we got, and you got the journeyman. And I'm not sure any clubs James Roberts been now, but I think we can safely say he's had more clubs Penrith, than the Deltones. Souths. Yep. Brisbane. Yep. Titans. Yep. Tigers is his fifth club. Was he at the Titans? Yes. Yeah, that's where he was, he was good. Yeah, right. 2016, <laughs> good it's year. A lot. Anyway, so like he's only got two more clubs to go before he equals the record of seven clubs that a player's been out. Um, I can't remember who that was. I know Marty Bella's up there, Phil Blake's up there, but it's not one that comes obviously when you, when you come to it. They've got David Nofaluma on the wing, who's a great finisher, yeah. acrobatic, but you know, he's can be hot and cold. On the other wing, they've got uh, Kapoa, who I don't really know too much about RC, but he's come out of the Sydney Roosters. He's played five career games. Um, so, you know, he's obviously gone there for a chance. And out the back, in the absence of Dewey, they've got Dane Laurie, who's played three games, came out of um, the Penrith, Penrith system. Penrith, no, he's apparently very good. He's credentialed. But then you get to the bench. They've got Tommy Talau. He's played 13 games. He's decent. You've got uh, McKaylee, who's played 41 games. And he's a decent, honest toiler there. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your surname, Stefano, but you come out of Parramatta. I think I say you can't pronounce it. Packer. Packer. No, no, I can pronounce Russell his Packer. Name. He's got three games. Um, at, at, Russell Packer's got three games. No, no, <laughs> Stefano, who's playing in the number 16 journey, jersey for the West Tigers. And then, of course, Russell Packer's got 202 career games at the age of 31, signifying his injury and suspension issues that he's had. Jail. Jail, do that. Spell in the big house that'll yeah, cut into your that, that really will a couple of you know, years. This is for that. this is finally the last year that the West Tigers um, have him stuck on their books. Wasn't that great recruitment drive that uh, Ivan Cleary did signing Russell Packer? So four year deal, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Wow. Then they also signed uh, the Grub, uh, who's barely played a game because the hands. No, he's got England. Yeah, but he barely played a game because yeah. the the hands. Uh, what's his name? 
uh, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, yeah, Josh Reynolds, and Madalino as well. They signed. He's reti- he's medically retired as well. Yeah, yeah. Disastrous. Oh, and Embi. Yeah, but crazy they, money as well. But they've gone to the same place as the Raiders were always before Ricky came and righted the ship. You know, they were the player that, you know, you bought players above the odds because you had to do something in order to get them and you prayed to hell they'd work out. Yeah. So, you know, the Raiders of all clubs need to have some sympathy for that. Unfortunately, absolutely no sympathy from 4.05pm this after this Sunday afternoon when um, that's their problem and our problem is actually entrenching the success we've had to date and that may be, in, te- in fact, aided by the extended bench who's on the extended bench. And yes, you've been waiting to do that for a while, haven't you? Yeah, the most popular segment on the show. Um, I think I think it's been overtaken now. Really, yeah, it might have been. Um, but he sent a bench with Sammy Williams. Sammy yeah. Williams first on that, which is really Ricky putting his flag up, saying you're a you're a great club man, Sammy. You're a great club man, um, and he is. Uh, Tommy Starling, uh, Emre Gula, and Harley Smith Shields make the extended bench. Um, if I was going to see any changes off that, it would be um, Starling coming in. Yeah, um, I don't think or Smith Shields coming. I think in. they'll all be playing in the curtain raiser. What that extended yeah, and they're bench all named in the curtain raiser lacks in size, it makes up for in quality. And and this is the other thing: Sam Williams has played over a hundred games. Uh, Starling's now well under, still under fifty, but has a lot of well first grade, 50, yeah. got a first grade experience. Gawler again under fifty, but got a lot of first grade good experience in finals. And Smith Shields, I think, has only played one or two games. Yeah, but he's there. On the extended bench for the West Tigers, you have Michael Cheekham, who's played 117 games, ex Raider, of course, been to Manly. Good player, good player. Great player, does some wonderful things. It's weird he can't get into the 17, that Tigers 17. It is, and he might drop in. That's the one person I was looking at, he might drop in. But they've got Jock uh, Madden, um, Turkamahia, Simpkins, and Alex Safarth, all of whom, if they do get brought in, will be making their club debut. So you've got to give the extended bench this week. To the, to the Raiders. Um, now, you've got a listener of the week for us, Blake. Listener of the week this week. It's been a long time coming, but we're finally anointing Lobby of League by the Fireplace no, as, our, lobby. as our listener of the week. League by the Fireplace is one of the longest standing uh, NRL podcasts, and it's 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 very entertaining. So yeah. they, did, they did a season preview on the Raiders, and it's quite different from our season preview. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, they're, doing because they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're pissing out from outside the tent, pissing in rather. No, well, Lobby's, Lobby's like a. a as much of a diehard Raiders fan as you meet. Well, speaking about um, the inside and outside the tent, though, um, I, I, I didn't seem, and Benny Pollock, I know you're listening, I didn't seem to get my invitation to the season launch again. Not quite sure what I need to do to get an invitation to the season launch, but um, I'll be having a word to Rick about that this weekend and saying... So you said last year when I complained that, I, that Blake and the Pork was, wasn't invited. You're coming. You You're said the coming. pork was invited, but it just wasn't me that was invited. Yeah, I might have been. But maybe I've dragged, maybe I've dragged you down. You I have think. dragged me down. I think my association with you has, has dragged me by. You will never be invited. You'll never be invited. You know, like you... It's the way I want it. That's why I, I can't be bought. My opinions can't be bought. Oh, but I assure you people, mine can. <laughs> but I'm upfront about that. There's no hypocrisy um, about that. So, listener of the week, Lobby. Good one. And go you, Raiders. Simon the Raiders drummer was there. Shout out to Simon. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'll be I'll be having words to a few people this week and saying, you know, WTF people. Hi, this is Theo Soliola. Why are you listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork? You should go do something useful instead, like helping people in your community. Um, okay, so but there was there has been something that I noticed this week that has made me angry. In fact, you might say it has ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? 
And do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? The Broncos came stone motherless last last year. Stone motherless last. First wooden spoon they ever had. Guess how many? Just guess how many out of the 24 games that they will be playing this year in the home and away are on free-to-air. Guess. I'd say 75% of how many, how many games are there? 24, 75%. 21? Too low. Too high, rather. It's 16. Well, that's probably less than two, usual. Two-thirds of their games... For the wooden spooner. Normally it's more than that. Are going to be on free to it's more than that. You know, last year it was like every Thursday or Friday watching the Broncos lose. And I was like, yeah. I'm never going to get sick of watching the Broncos and, lose. And, and look, and I, this is what's been had. But, I, but I, to be honest with you, by the end of it, I was sick of it. Oh, it was quite boring. And because the games were never... Con- you'd turn on a Thursday night game and it was never a contest. It was and, over by half time. And, and what you did want to see is really... And this is what a lot of us were waiting for, was basically seeing if um, the Bulldogs could win a match in order to send them into last. And, of course, the Bulldogs did us that favour and, and went yes. through. But, as I've said in my article last year, where you know it's the Pearl Harbour, really. We've just awakened the sleeping giant and filled them with resolve I, I don't see the the Broncos staying there for very long now they I, it's hard to see how they I mean obviously the coach was off and they'll be a happier under Kevy Walters mm. uh, and you know they'll, they'll do a bit better I don't think they're going to dramatically improve because if you actually look at their team mm. there's more outs than there are ins mm. I mean they lost for feeder and they replaced him with John Asiata yeah that's not as bad as you think there's a lot cheaper it's a lot cheaper, really, when you think about it. Look, on the field performance, but you look at the situation that Manly's got themselves into. They put all their money into DCE, the Turbo Brothers, and Tapao. And as a result, there's perfectly good players who, if they balanced it more, they'd be keeping it at Manly, and they wouldn't be in this trouble where they're, they're putting spare parts out there. Like, it's a running joke amongst Manly supporters about Brad Parker. Now, I actually don't think Brad Parker's that bad, and he does bear a striking resemblance to the Simpsons' Hank Scorpio, <laughs> which is also very funny. Did but, you see, have you seen who, I'm getting off, getting off to Manly now, but have you seen who's the hooker for Manly this week? Oh, yeah, I did. Lock and Croker. Yeah. yeah. And good luck to him. Um, but, yeah, look, he's not a hooker. No. Nah. But, you know, when you're looking at the the Broncos and, and 16 free-to-air games, the Raiders, uh, you know, having finished where they have, uh, are now up to, I think it's eight free-to-air games for the season. This is just as long games. as just as long as there isn't some sort of like break in the season and we get them taken off like we did last year. Because last year at the start of the year we were promised all these free air games, and then when they rejigged the season post COVID, yeah, we lost like half of them or more but than half of them. We get fifty percent of what the Broncos are getting, yet the Fox Sports come back and say one of the most popular sides to yeah. be watched. But you know, you, is look, the Raiders look. This is why they want to have a second club in Queensland because mm. not quite half of the rugby league viewing population lives in Queensland. Yeah. And ratings were significantly down for the NRL last year. And the reason why was because Broncos, or all the Queensland teams, were performing poorly. They were. They were performing poorly. But yeah, Titans this year will probably improve. So. And look, there's something to be said in it, and, and we'll get get to this particular guy. And, and in fact, let, let, let's move on to here. It's, the, it's my Ask Clown of the Week. And my Ask Clown of the Week is is the people who are calling for Cam Smith to be made an immortal straight away. There is a reason for the five-year lag, and it's so you don't have the recency bias of saying, oh, this person must be there. A lot of people, including myself, thought Joey Johns got that nod far too early in the piece, far too early in the piece, and still question whether or not that was actually the right call. I'm in no doubt that Cam Smith should be made an immortal. Absolutely none, but it will oh, be it's, in it's, the time it's, scale... It's, it's, the whole Cam Smith thing, okay, so we've, I put it out to the listeners. 
who's your ass clown of the week? And I've got mine, which I'll get to in a sec, but most people came back with um, Cam Smith as their ass clown of the week. Buzz Rothfield got a few late late votes in there, but I mean, pretty much... I mean, he's eligible everywhere. He's a perpetual <laughs> ass clown. <laughs> and, and we're going to name here, raise a review with Blake and the Pork, Buzz Rothfield, we are naming you perpetual ass clown of the week. <laughs> we should then make him up a trophy. Um, so we did have a bit of feedback on the ass clown of the week, though, and, and the Cam Smith thing. So here's a message from Roz. Um, Cam Smith is the ass clown for announcing his retirement the day before the comp starts. Mm. Killing the anticipation and spotlight on the greatest game of all and hogging it all for himself. Yeah, but the timing was, you know, it's classic. It was classic Cam Smith, wasn't it? I, I had no problem with Cam Smith doing it whatsoever. Uh, well, that's you. And um, it's all anyone is talking about and when they should be talking about the Mighty Raiders. But, but yes. But maybe it's good because he's taking attention away from it. You know, you, we, we want to go underneath the... Out of, under the... the um, Smokescreen, radar, yeah, slapey balls, all oh, the tactics. Yeah, yeah, we just... <laughs> so anyway, my, bang, bang my ass clown of the week... Yes, go for is, it. ...is, of course... Tim Gore, a.k.a. The Pork, for ridiculously suggesting that Jordan Rapana, Rapana should be starting um, in reserve grade. Look, I very much hope I'm, I was wrong with that call and that his form is as good as ever. And once more, he goes on a try-scoring spree against the West Tigers, which leads into him being once more the leading try scorer for the NRL and breaking his own personal record Look, of probably, 23 tries he in a probably, season. He probably won't this season, but he's still such an important part of the team. Uh, 82% of the listeners, I've put it out of poll agreed with me that you're an ass clown on this one and I think it was um, summed up best by JB of the uh, Green Machine podcast he said um, that you haven't bagged a player in four years of doing this podcast and then out of the blue you just come after your bag wrapper. Who the hell brought in the Who's Got a Lift segment? That was me. Who's Got a Lift was brought in by me. Which That's player not has bagging. Yes, it That's is. It's basically the only people the you ever bag are like the sort of the soft targets, the free kicks. You know, you'll have a crack at Dugan, you'll have a crack at Brett Kelly or Jason Bugarelli, but you never go out into the sacred cows. Why would I go after the sacred cows? Why would I do that? What, you, you just want to lay into people? So you all think that I should just absolutely lay into people for no particularly good reason? <laughs> well, you reason. laid into Rapper for no reason. I didn't lay into yeah. him. I just said I thought there was enough depth in there and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make the starting 13. I think you were just trolling us. I think it was like a Buzz Rothfield just troll. It, it was a troll job. I saw a number of occasions last bait. season and it wasn't because he was out of position in the centres where he was distinctly outpaced by people. That's what I saw. The will was there. The commitment was there. I have never doubted that. His in a lot better shape, though, this year. Well, and hopefully so. But I saw him be outpaced. And the number one role of a winger is to be fast. It just is. And that's where it was coming from. And when you've got uh, Tomoko sitting there and Valame, who are both faster than him now, you know, it comes out and you think to yourself, well, is that where we're going now? Fair enough, fair enough. You know, and, but yes, okay, I'll take my ass plan of the week because everyone disagreed with me, including the great man himself, Ricky Stewart. So. Did, you, did you run your idea? Did you send Ricky a text on that one? No. <laughs> that's Maybe that's why I didn't invite you to the season launch. Maybe, I don't know. I think the invitation is well out before that came through. Um, but of course, this, this week we have uh, once more returning um, our Philadelphia correspondents uh, all the way from Canberra, uh, John Sharkey, to give us his... Shark attack. All right, couple things. Firstly, I'd like to agree with the boys about what they said last week. 
in regards to these new home and away jerseys. They do suck. I'm sorry. They look like training tops. The Heritage jersey's gone like triple platinum, and we're still talking about wearing these awful things? Come on. We're the Canberra Raiders. We're Lime Green. We're the People's Club. The people have spoken. Listen to us. Secondly, Tim, what is you doing, baby? I'm about to dropkick your ass from 45 out for a two-point field goal after what you said about Jordan Rapana. We don't have another player that can get us out of our end like he can. Until a grizzly bear chews his legs off, he's in the roster. I think you need to send him a nice fruit basket. And lastly, I want to talk about Cam Munster going on Brent Finch's podcast bragging about how he signed his player contract at a strip club. Dog, I don't think anybody in Australia right now wants to hear you bragging about going to a strip club. Read the room, dickhead. Great culture you got down there in Melbourne. (sighs) Sheesh. All right, I'm done. Thanks to everyone who came out to my launch gig last weekend and to everybody that's going to go to Landspeed Records this week to buy my new album. I love everyone, especially the Canberra Raiders. Go, you green things. Back you up once again, John. agree with everything you say there. And yeah, hopefully, I'm still very hopeful that the team does run out on Sunday in the proper green heritage-style jersey. I mean, the people have spoke. They've sold... Do you hear that? They've, they've $2.2 sold... $2 million. $2.2 million worth of green jerseys. I think the people have spoken. I think yes. they have. And I don't think it's one of those things where it is the traditional colour of our strip. So even if we'd said something to the NRL, I think at this stage, I think the NRL knows when they're on a bandwagon. They've seen them before. They'll jump on it. I think the concern that people have flagged is that the, the issue may be that the uh, old jersey just has cam milk and block writing whereas the new jerseys have their you know current contemporary logo but mm. i mean camera milk have got a lot of bang for their buck out of all this so far and i'm sure they won't have a problem with going with the block style no look and and you know, and that might be be the case um but i think they can see the writing on the wall yeah. they're getting that much traction from it i mean the other ones exist on the training shirts and so on and look quite frankly them stepping in and becoming the major sponsor again when the Raiders had a hole to fill. You know, and we said it last week, go out and buy their product, people. They're supporting ours, support theirs. Um, But yeah, look, the green jersey just has to be worn. It is so obvious that's what the people want. Definitely. The people have spoken. So yeah, on your shark. Um, But we have reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. three. I think the key reason to be cheerful I've got is Josh Hodgson back at the helm. Yeah, there's a lot to like about that. When he went down against Melbourne last year with that injury, I think a lot of us put our heads in our hands and thought, well, there's the season gone. And the fact that we fought on to the prelim is, you know, testament to Tom and Starling sp- and Saliba the Roosters yeah. in the process. And, you know, but to George Williams and Jack White and, and Tom Starling and Saliba Havili for covering that, and Elliot Whitehead for covering the leadership gap as well. Yeah. Um, they're all to be saluted for that, but having Josh back where he should be leading the side around in charge of what's going on, you know, he gets back to his normal form. He's the best hooker in the NRL. Speaking of um, Elliot Whitehead, though, again, briefly, Buzz Rothfield, and he's an absolute troll and a drunk, and we can't stand him. He's a perpetual ass clown, but he put out his 50 top NRL players. Mm. Did you see that list? Saw that. There was three no, Raiders so, in it. There's four. Four Ooh. Raiders. I saw Whiten, Hodgson, and... Papali. Pa- oh, Papini. yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, and... and Papali's like fourth. He's the, the highest rated forward. But no room for Elliot Whitehead. And yet if there's places there for Campbell Graham. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Sewer, and the most ridiculous one of all, which is his absolute clickbait troll job, uh, Suwali at number 50. He hasn't even played NRL yet, yet he's one of the top 50 players in NRL. That is definitely clickbait there. Look, let them underrate 
um, Elliot as much as they want. Smelliot, as you know, is the the 2020 uh, Raiders review with Blake and the Port player of the season. <laughs> exactly. Um, Doesn't that count for anything? <laughs> it count. He still hasn't contacted me in order to get his case of uh, alcohol, be it cider or beer. Yeah. Um, I'll, There's still a few gift vouchers actually at the front of the shop here. Yeah, as well. boys, and um, they'll be we'll be awarding those out, so you should probably come in. Uh, Danamis, you've got a couple, and I know you're listening, so you should probably come in. And, and get you're that. not on as much money as some of the other players, Danamis. So and yet you're it. worth just as much, as far as we're concerned. So that's wonderful. Another reason to be cheerful: the footy at home. How good yes. is it? Even like it I was saying, it's good to actually start round one, a big game at home on a Sunday afternoon. Doesn't get any better, you know. So many times lately, we've been well playing the Titans round one every week do you remember the biggest anti-climax of all though was I think it must have been about 2005 2006 when before the Titans came in and the buy still existed yeah, and yeah. we had the buy round, round one, yeah. one that's like what a bummer yeah that's shocking <laughs> that's shocking mind you got two points oh exactly <laughs> at that stage in our career that wasn't a bad thing other reason to be cheerful obviously is a clean slate you know we're coming in we got our eyes up and, and anything can be now and I think the attitude in the team is right this is the season. There are no excuses this season. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is what the players make it this season. This is what us as the 18th man in the crowd make it by making sure we're on the back of those referees, we're on the back of them in order to get as much advantage as we can. And if you want any lessons about how to do that well, go look at the crowd at Brookvale. They're drunk, they're stupid, they're obnoxious, and they mostly don't know the rules, but they harass the referees on every single subject, they're completely hypocritical, they're fine when it's going their way, and against it, I've never heard such noise, and it works. They get calls for them simply on the basis of the noise they make. Well, Raiders fans, you got to be that 18th man who comes in and is on the back of those refs and those touch judges to get them on side, to call out the error, and to yell abuse until there's enough pressure that they start thinking, oh my God, I can't make another mistake here. And there's full strength beer available at the ground again this week. Full strength beer. <laughs> so you got no excuse. No, that's right. You keep your... Um, but uh, there are some people who I believe, there's one person in particular I believe has got a lift, but who's got a lift? Ooh. Hudson Young, just re-signed. Great news that he's re-signed. Great, great news. Great news. You know, it's, it, it shows um, how much we've come at a, as a club. Yep. The fact that he said he didn't even, he couldn't imagine going anywhere else, didn't yep. want to go anywhere else. You know, we've got a great squad, a great culture, an amazing training facilities. Yep. This sort of the whole thing that, you know, you can't get players to Canberra anymore. Yep. And then if you do get good ones, then, well, you can't keep them. Yeah. Different. I think it's, it's, it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. But you've now stepped into a very big jumper. John Bateman, you know, we're going to miss him. He's a great player, he's X Factor. Hutter, you've gone into that position. I don't think either Blake or I thought for a second that jumper was going to go to anyone else from the offset. But now go out there and earn it. Lift. Don't just become what Hudson Young has been. I want Hudson Young to be the star. I want people to be looking at Hudson Young thinking, oh, that would look good in blue. Because it would. Well, did you see that John go Bateman... go out and show him. John Bateman got asked on Twitter who's going to be his replacement. He said Hudson Young, and he's tipped him for Blues, Australia. He said he's going to go all the way. And there's been plenty of people we've seen in the history of rugby league who've been tipped to do this, that, and the other and gone on to be bloody nothing. Mostly mostly by Andrew Johns. Yeah, he's very every, good at that, Every right? halfback he tips says he's going to play for Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Peter Sterling had a record for it as well oh, really? at one stage. Yeah, yeah. Who was going to be the next shining light at Parramatta? And oh, my goodness, that ended Well, poorly. there was that footy show episode where he sort of handed the number seven jersey to... Um, Tim Smith. Oh, yeah, and that was pretty much the end of Tim Smith. That was horrible, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so yeah, Hudson, you've earned it. It's your jersey, but now lift. 
go to the next level. That's what I want from you. Uh, Blake Stradamus. You're not predicting anything. A Raiders victory. Yeah. By 14 points. 14 points. Pretty close at halftime and with us to finish over the top of them at the end. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, my other prediction is both Josh Papali and Jay Tarpany did get to score tries. Yeah, okay. That's that's good. Yeah, and I'd say that's right. Look, I think the way the Raiders win, if they win, is up the front with the halves finishing it off. The only way I can see the Raiders losing it is bad misfortune, e.g. send-offs or bad injuries. Uh, touch wood, that doesn't happen. Um, but um, also if the Leilua boys um, have a day out, because you know what they're capable of, havoc and mayhem. And if it comes off, havoc and mayhem can beat anybody on the day. Um, then after this match, we are away to the Sharks on the following Sunday, and then we're home to the Warriors on Saturday the 27th during the day. But just uh, as a, an up there, as an ex-statistician before we finish, the first round of every season, the bookies are relying on last year's form in order to set the odds. And every round one, there are upsets that the bookies don't see coming. And if you do a little bit of analysis, you might be able to pick up. There is one this week that I've looked at, and I thought to myself, that's a chance right there. At present, the Brisbane Broncos winning 13-plus against the Eels at Suncorp Stadium is $10. Now, Parramatta have lauded over them, rubbed it into their face the last three or four times they've won, including record scores, and been all sorts of disaster and done all their hip gyrating guthers and dances while they've done it. New coach, new team set up, new determination. Surely that's worth five bucks, people. You nothing to say on that one, Blarko? No. Nothing? No. Yeah, and if you are going to gamble, make sure you gamble well within your own means. And I'm talking... Five dollars. I, I am the king of the five dollar multi, people. The king of the five dollar multi. And if it goes beyond that, well, I'm not really interested because I ain't got much more than that to waste. All right, you have been... Unless you've got anything else to say, Blarko? You have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular Raiders uh, podcast on the internet, brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse and Land Speed Records, and we will talk to you again soon. (laughs) 